as uh, Jeff and Jen announced, they are moving on, and we're going to celebrate that with them. Um, Jeff and I have had a lot, a lot of conversations the last few months about what that looks like, and uh, we want to send them off well. And they've been such a service here for so many years and a, a crucial part of this merge the last year. So Jeff's going to preach on July 24th. It's his swan song, right, Jeff? You're going to go for it, hit it, hit it out of the park, right? And then we're going to have a reception and uh, kind of party in their honor after and bless them. And then Jeff and I will be driving back on August 6th, is that right? Holy moly. From our youth mission trip. And uh, maybe if everyone gets involved, you can meet us with... Uh, Drink and food and something else for us because we'll be with kids, but we'll talk about that. So July 24th, be here, and uh, we'll hear Jeff and um, hear him preach and then celebrate them and pray over them and send them off well. And like Jeff said, I've been a part of a few churches where people leaving is really bad. And it's almost like, you don't want to roll with us, you're dead to us. That's not the case in healthy, God-fearing, Christ-like Christianity. Amen, church? So whatever Jeff and Jen go do, it's almost like we're like, bless them, and we are in honor and awe of what they're doing, because they're part of family here forever. So we'll talk about that. And uh, it's 1031. This is the first time I'm going to do this. I'm getting rid of the sermon. And let me pray, because um, everyone's like, woohoo, we're still going to be here for at least 26 minutes. Anyways, maybe half an hour. But let me pray and tell you why I'm getting rid of the sermon. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for this time. I thank you for all the people who have served over the years here. I do lift up the Shankle family now, and as we let us serve them well this last few weeks, let us love them well and bless them and keep them as they move onward, Lord. Not away, but onward to what you have for them. Help me now kind of talk from the seat of my pants. I want to honor you. And I want your son and his word and his blessings to ring forth in wonder and majesty for us today. In Jesus' name, amen. I finished my sermon on Tuesday right when our country was continuing to go crazy. I'm just going to say it that way. And so I prayed for a couple days. What do I talk about? Do I just keep going in the Sermon on the Mount? And the answer is going to be no. I'm going to go back to the beginning on the Sermon on the Mount for a few moments because it is in God's providence, big church word, it is in God's plan that we have been seeing the words of Jesus for 12 weeks as a body. The, words of, the word of God, the big capital W, Jesus Christ himself has been teaching to us prophetically for life. And I'm not going to get on which side of the aisle you sit on or who you sympathize with or any of that, but our country is out of control in many ways. We don't see it as much in the Bay Area. Go travel. We get so much flack for being liberal or this or that, but we in the Bay Area, Bay Area Native, have got a lot of things right, but we have a lot of things wrong, but we see through different lenses, okay? And so I'm going to go back to Matthew chapter 5, verse 1, and we're just going to read a little bit. Because Jesus was teaching us over and over and over again as the true, hear it, the true word of God. This is what my kingdom is about. Don't just live for the pie in the sky eternity. Follow me now. I'm just going to shoot from the hip. Some of the most hateful 
And angry people I know are religious. Do you understand that? I don't know why. Actually, I do, but it's a soapbox, and it's my opinion. So you never want to preach your opinion. Amen? You want to preach the word of God. When you preach your opinion, you usually get in what? T-R-O-U-B-L-E, and you're on YouTube, and everyone's like, crazy man. I don't want to be on YouTube today. Stop videotaping, right? So here we go. Matthew chapter 1. Jesus is coming to his public ministry. You'll remember, but let's hear these blessings again. Now, real quickly, I'll intro it again. These are not little, cute, quaint, hallmark statements. You know what I mean by hallmark? Hallmark greeting cards. These aren't greeting card statements. This is the word of God speaking life. And it's not blessed. It's blessed. We change it. Blessed sounds so... Ah, blessed are you, Kayla. It just, it has a way of, in our English, from the old and everything, in our culture, just going, oh, rest, blessed. No, it's blessed. You are blessed if this is you. That's what Jesus is saying. So let me read. Matthew 5, 1, they might get it on the screen. I tricked them because the sermon is out the window. You'll hear about hypocrisy and generosity next week, I promise, right? Here we go. Let's, let's roll. Let's do a little bit of work. Matthew 5, uh, Matthew chapter 5, verse 1. Seeing the crowds, he went on the where? Mountain. It's not a mountain. It's a hill. But Matthew is basically saying to all the Jewish readers, this is the new Ten Commandments. There's a correlation going on. Mount Sinai was big and rocky and hardly anybody could get up there. There's a picture there. And the Mount of Beatitudes, it takes some work, but it's lush and beautiful, and there's lots of access. That's the point. And when he sat down, his disciples came to him. Verse 2. He opened his mouth and what? Taught them. Key word. He opened his mouth with the, I'll say it this way. Jesus was very logical and very wise. He didn't waste a word. A lot of us in America could learn from him, right? Myself included. I waste a lot of words. He had a point and he had a mission to teach not just disciples, not just people hearing, not just Pharisees, all humanity about the kingdom of God. And this is what he says. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. we got to hear that, because that doesn't mean blessed are you when you're sad. It means blessed if you're not very good at being spiritual. That's what it literally means. You are blessed if this road walking with Christ doesn't come natural to you. You are blessed. It shouldn't come natural to you. But there's a blessing in the perseverance of pursuing who? Jesus. This was the first kind of shotgun, scattershot blast toward those who are religiously perfect. You know those people? Those who have it all under control? I'm very spiritual. I pray four times a day. I give a tenth of all I have. I tithe here, 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 and here. I'm perfect. I don't walk too far from my house on the Sabbath. Jesus is saying, there's no blessing in that self-righteousness. There's blessing at those who this is a struggle. And this doesn't come naturally. But persevere. That's the first blessing. What is he saying? The kingdom and its blessing is available to all y'all. Because I know who you are. 
It's not for the 1% or 10% or 12%. It's for everybody. This is the hard part. It's for the other. Whoever, I, whoever you identify as other, we learned last week, love them. Don't be an enemy to them. Even if they're an enemy to you, you are called to love them. We all have our others, right? A bit of pastoral wisdom. Don't put your others on Facebook. We don't care. Go with your other to the Lord and ask him to work on your heart. And undo your heart. And get me to a point where the only other is there is no other because I'm pursuing Christ. Verse 4, blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. That really means what it says. Anybody mourn this week about anything? God himself is your comforter. That's the blessing offered in the kingdom, in the complete gospel of God, in the kingdom coming forth. Verse 5, literally, blessed are the nice people, for they, they, they shall inherit the earth. Kindness is way underrated in our culture. Blessed are the meek and the kind, they're going to get it all in the end. How many kind people get really far in Silicon Valley? Slim to, maybe, I don't know, I don't work there. I'm not smart enough, really. I'm not. I would get eaten up on day one. And here might be our verse, why I went here today. Verse six, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Again, as I taught it 10 weeks ago, don't get confused with that. That is not a righteousness unto piety. That's for a rightness, for justice. Who wants justice? I do, I think, until it, it comes to my domain sometimes, right? Blessed are those who want the world to be better and made right. Blessed are those who sometimes lose sleep at night because of all the external surroundings because their heart is breaking. Now hear this. He is not saying you're blessed if you're judgmental and bigoted because those people lose sleep too, right? You are blessed if your heart aches for people who are dying, who are hungry, who don't have clean water, who can't sleep because of mosquitoes and need malaria nets. You are blessed. There's blessing to come if your, if your passion and your focus goes there. And we're not looking for legalistic perfection, but God wants our hearts to break for humanity. We're the people of God, right? And so Jesus said there's blessing for people who are praying and seeking and talking and emailing and communicating and using social media for good things to try and enter in that realm. The sister shared about the homeless in our community. There's blessing when we enter in there. Verse 7, again, Jesus has logic, and Jesus is smart, so Jesus in his own mind and heart knew that in humanity there can be a fine line between wanting what is right and good, because some of those are opinions, done, and what does he say next? Next verse, go ahead, Marge, verse 7, right there. What is he saying? In your passionate 
longing, prayer, service, loving, even enemy and neighbor, in all that, if you are not merciful, you won't be blessed. Whew. I get passionate about a lot of things. Can, you guys get passionate about some things? Can you go over the line sometimes and withhold mercy? Jesus says what? Don't do that. Jesus Ultimate mission, same with me when I was a paramedic. You know the first thing they taught me in paramedic school? This sermon's getting really wacky now. First day of class, we will teach you to maybe buy time, you won't save lives. I got, okay, I got that. So they said, the whole, they call them Ricky rescues. Get that out of your head. You're not going to rescue anybody. You might buy some time. That's a good way of saying it, right? Okay, I get that. Number two, do no what? Harm to anybody. Because in all of our zeal as young paramedics, sometimes we would do things and we would have medicines that could make your heart literally explode if they were given wrong. Their first real commandment, if it was in the Ten Commandments, was do no harm. That's what that means. In our zeal, in our longing, in our serving, in our loving, in our praying to all different types of people, Jesus says, be merciful. Be merciful. You will be blessed. You will receive peace. God will move through you. Be merciful. Verse 8. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. That one's fairly self-explanatory. I believe Jesus is talking about not the muscle pumping inside your chest, but you. Blessed are you, blessed are you when you see clearly, when there's no film in your eye. Jesus would also talk later. You guys are familiar with the passage. Um, why don't you not worry about the smidgen of sand in that other person's eye? Because guess what? <laughs> you got a sequoia in your eye. And the sequoia is blinding your sight. If we want to see God, if we want to encounter God, if we want to serve God, we are blessed when our hearts are clean and pure. Ultimately, the cross of Christ avails cleanliness to our souls. He has died, he is raised, he will come again. The church says amen. And when we, I'm not going to go back there, but when we go back to verse 2 and we see the teachings of Jesus, that's the Windex to your soul. You get that? The Sermon on the Mount is the glass cleaner to your spiritual eye and my spiritual eye. When we struggle, we go back to the Word. And don't, I'll say it again, don't build a theology off some abstract verses in two parts of the Bible. Go to the Word himself and then interpret all that through Jesus and the Sermon on the Mount. Because Jesus said over and over, we learned, you have heard it was said. What was he really saying? The Old Testament Bible says this, but let me tell you how it is in the kingdom. He says that over and over again. Verse 9, Lord, help us and help our country imprint this on our hearts. Verse 9, blessed are the peacemakers For they shall be called sons of God. And daughters, don't misread it. Literally, happy they will be or blessing will come for those who seek peace 
because they're part of God's kingdom. That's what it literally means. Blessed are those who seek peace in all circumstance because they're doing their father's business. Now, in our culture, if you seek peace, I promise you this, you will look foolish. We were up at Bass Lake near Yosemite two weeks ago, and there's a lot of water, which is awesome. <laughs> Last year, there wasn't any water. And so what happens is my little two-year-old, Holland, um, she would follow me on the shore. And you know how when you step on the shore, you make footprints? I have size 12s. They're bigger than her size. I'm a horrible father. Fives or whatever she's going with, right? Um, and what she would do is she would try and follow in her father's footsteps, right? And it was cute because she's two. And after a while, she looked what? Ridiculous, right? But she was doing her father's what? Business. Peacemakers might look foolish, but they are doing their father's what? Business. Who cares? That was actually what the sermon was about today. Living for an audience of one. We'll get there next week. Who cares? Peace. Our world needs peace. Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a donkey with his feet dragging, looking like a fool. What was the first thing Jesus said over and over after he rose from the dead. What was it? You should know it. You should say it. Peace be with you. Now picture this. Jesus, the true son, the true word, rises in glory. And what does he say to the disciples and the Gentiles and everyone in between? Josh, peace be with you. When ultimately he could have brought a stick and said, who's first? Line up and get your whooping. But what did he say? Peace be with you. You signaling on the donkey after the resurrection, now we're going really weird on the sermon, signaling God saying, I'm done with violence. There's a way for peace. Peace. Not, you know, 60s, dude, what's up? Not none of that stuff. Peace. Entering into a situation to go, I might not solve it, but I'm not going to escalate the situation. I'm going to offer blessing. I might even offer to pray. We just spoke about it to our youth. They'll be up here in like four or five minutes presenting. You know the best way to diffuse most situations? For lots of reasons. Can I pray for you? They'll either ask you to leave. That's okay. <laughs> Sometimes you have to. Or they'll say, yeah, I would like that. And when we pray for people, maybe not Christians at work or in those moments, just pray for peace. Pray the Beatitudes. Father, I pray for mercy. I pray for peace. I pray for clean heart. I pray for loving kindness. We don't need to know all the answers, church, but in this time, we have to seek to be peacemakers so that we can be guilty of doing what? Nothing but doing our dad's what? Business. Oh, but Dave, if they're going to arrest me and throw me in jail for speaking of the love of the Father through the life of the Son and bringing peace, so be it, come visit me. But for any other reason, I'm probably not getting arrested. But for this reason, okay, peace, because I'm doing my Father's business. We have an incredible opportunity. Youth, three minutes, you'll be up here. We have an incredible opportunity, church, in the next Five years, ten years, however long we're here as a nation, the way we are. It might be longer, it might be less. I'm not saying anything. 
people will look at us, even though they don't believe what we believe. <laughs> That's the funny part. When someone says to you, if you really, because I'm kind of a sarcastic guy. If someone says to you, oh, but the Bible says this, politely say, okay, when was the last time you studied that passage? That's all you got to say. And they'll go, well, uh, and you go, peace be with you. Let's just go talk about the giants. Because the point is, if you're interested in having an intellectual conversation about the king of glory and about his kingdom, I'll sit down with you. But I'm not going to be railroaded or trapped to go somewhere I shouldn't, right? But if you want to, I'll open up the scriptures with you right now. When we get there, people begin to look at us, and when we offer to do no harm but bring peace, and when we offer to live in light of the Beatitudes and the gospel of grace, the kingdom here and now, they can say lots of things about us. They can say we're bigoted. They can say we're racist. They can say other things. But church, what people can't say about us is they do harm and they disturb peace. <laughs> Don't do that. Go home this week. Continue to read the Sermon on the Mount. Read the Beatitudes. Pray the Beatitudes. Live in light of the Beatitudes. Pursue Jesus. Follow him. Walk with him and say, most of the time, Lord, help me because this place is crazy. And he goes, I know, and he'll actually help you. Who is the Holy Spirit, biblically? You know his name? Paraclete, the helper. That's what he's for. Most of the time he wants to help your own heart, though. That's the problem, right? <laughs> he takes the lens and removes it from the other, and then he shows it to us, and we go, that maple tree in my eye probably needs to be taken out before I speak on this subject. But then when we repent and come before our Father, we take care of business there, the maple tree is removed, and we usually have a different perspective on the situation because we're walking in what? Peace and mercy and kindness and grace and gentleness. And if someone can name the fruits of the Spirit, I should probably, that's how we're walking. And we have self-control. Next week we will be in Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 through 4, I promise. We'll be talking about living for the audience of one and that's what Jesus is getting at, a little prelude. Jesus told us six things in the last six weeks that were bad for us. Things like anger, lust, retaliation, others. But now he mentions, uh, we'll call it three or four, depending on what you want to say, good things that can become bad if we do them the wrong way. Ooh. Jesus is that wise. He's saying, Ruth... I know you don't get angry much, but I know you give and you serve and you love and you pray, so let me speak to you this way, Ruth. Do it this way. He says, Nancy, I know you don't really want to retaliate against anybody. And Nancy's like, well, but the point is, I know you serve and I know you love and I know you pray, so be guarded and don't do it this way. And the sneak peek, what are they called, cliff notes, is don't do it for the praise of people, do it for the audience of your father. So we'll talk about that. I'm going to pray and wrap this up. Then CJ is here. Melissa is here. Josh is here. If I miss anybody else, we'll come up and we'll share, right? Let me pray and come on up when I'm done, guys. Father, thank you for today. 
Thank you for an off-script moment. I hope it honored you. Thank you for your word, and thank you for blessing ushered to humanity by yourself. Father, don't let us see the Beatitudes and the blessings simply as archaic, useless, little poems, per se. Let us see them as the words of life, ushered in by the death of your Son, Lord. Let us see Jesus as supreme in who he is, how he taught, how he died, and how he rose again, so that we might be in awe and wonder and say, yes. Father, as Christians, may we do no harm. As Christians, may we give abundant mercy and grace. As Christians, may we walk in peace and shout peace from the rafters. Help us all as we go this week. Help us be wise. Help us to dialogue well. And help us to love people the way you've loved us. In Jesus' name, amen.